Player prop. Hey, hello everyone. Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to Paramotor Podcast episode 44 on ClearProp TV. If you want to see what we're actually talking about, make sure you go to clearproptv.com or you're listening to us on paratalk.org or your favorite podcast app. Like I said, episode 44 with Michael Pendleton. He's going to be talking to us a little bit about his crash and then we're going to be opening up a crash video compilation go through that and kind of see what's going on with this have a great day and enjoy our podcast Hey, hello everyone, Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to the behind the scenes. We just got a couple of minutes, about five minutes before we go live on YouTube. And make sure that you go to clearproptv.com and that's our Facebook page. And that's where you can actually see what's going on if you wanna see our pretty mugs. If you don't wanna see us and just wanna listen, just continuing to just continue to listen on your favorite podcast app. And we are also on paratalk.org. So welcome everybody. This is our audio. Who do we have here today? Today we have Linda Anderson in the house. She's our cheerleader as always. We also have Never Trust the Skinny Chef Shane, Brian Haybill Waller, PPG Tommy at ppgtommy.com, JP Tool. Of course, he is the guy that takes care of all the visual audio. So you might want to jump over to Clearprop TV to check it out. And our guest tonight is Michael Pendleton. Tonight we are going to be talking about crash videos. So because we're going to be talking about crash videos, we're going to try to, as we do this, to visually give you some cues of what's going on. And if you guys forget, or, you know, if I forget, please help me out on the audio podcast here and definitely jump over to the clearproptv.com so you can actually watch this. We are now going to go live like we normally do to YouTube. No, Facebook. No, YouTube. YouTube. You got it right the first time. Yeah, we're going to go live to YouTube real quick. So let me go ahead and sign in to my account. Hey, real quick, have you guys listened to our um, audio podcast yet? I've been putting audio things in there also. Have you, anyone listened to it or you just watched the... I've been so busy lately, I haven't had a chance personally. Occasionally, I may go back and watch part of the show on YouTube or something, but I never listened to the podcast, man. Okay, because... Okay, one of the things that we do is we put different audio things inside of our podcast, our audio podcast that our video does not get to hear. So it's pretty cool. Easter eggs. Mr. Waller. Now I'm going to have to start listening to our own podcast, man. When I'm driving. <laughs> I, not to be a suck up. Listen to myself. That's terrible. Not, Just, not to be a suck up, but I do, I do it all the time because I want to hear things that I missed. Um, <clears throat> Brian, I am going to cheat tonight and uh, ask you to uh, check the chat because I think I'm going to sit outside by this fire that I built. And uh, can't, Are you can't see my now? TV. Hey. No, I'm going to. No, I'm not leaving. Oh, okay. 
But I am not a problem. Man. I'll fire. keep an eye on it. Yeah. Right. Giving Linda a heart attack. Hey, don't leave us. What do we want? I feel warm myself tonight. Hey, doggy. Oh, let's see here. We are preparing our live stream. We're setting up the meeting for YouTube Live. We're directing it over to YouTube, so we are probably live right now. Yay! All right, welcome everybody. Hello, this is Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to ClearProptv.com. This is going to be all about crash videos, so definitely stick around if you're listening to us. Make sure you go to clearproptv.com. Make right. sure you go, I mean, this, this actually forwards to our Facebook page, so make sure you give it thumbs up, like it, and uh, let us know what you want to see on the next episode. Boys and girls, this is episode 44. Oh my gosh, this is incredible. I cannot believe that we made it up to episode 44. Well, let me go ahead and introduce everybody. If you want to say a little something, something, you are more than welcome to. Um, as always, we have Linda Anderson, our cheerleader. Woo! Woot, 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 in the house. Now, now you got a famous son that also does a podcast. What's his name and what's his dot com? Paraglidingtalk.com, your host. Robert Michael, the one and only, <laughs> awesomest, All right? All right, absolutely. He is definitely the awesomest. Yay, Linda, woot woot in the house. We also have Never Trust a Skinny Chef Shane. He is our resident funny guy, comedian, and he says he's not a chef, but he cooks a lot. Welcome, Shane. Thank you, thank you. Welcome, everybody. Do you have Ready a dot com or anything that you want no. to share? I got legs are on fire from this fire that I got going on here. I'm sitting looks, way too close. <laughs> it looks like, are you, so I guess you're outside? Yes. I'm in my backyard. It hit uh, below uh, 60 tonight. So I started a fire and. Uh, oh, I would too. It's cold. It's, it's just nice. So we're going to have somebody else check to keep up on the chat tonight so that uh, I can sit out here and enjoy this. While having a beer and hanging out with you cool cats. Oh, we like to be cool cats. Thank you so much. And if you guys are watching, if you guys are watching this, um, never trust the skinny chef Shane. That is his YouTube page. So make sure you go there. He's at 430 subscribers. Let's see if we can pump that up just a wee bit. Um, if, if, if you want, I mean, no, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, Shane. We also have Brian, hey, Bill Waller. Woot, woot, woot. Brian, hey, Bill. Welcome to the show, Hello, sir. Guys. How's it going? I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I had a great one. Had a lot of turkey. It was delicious. If you never had fried turkey before, you're missing out on life. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we have fried turkey. It's delicious. <laughs> um, uh, do you like the giblets? Talking about turkey? Oh, yeah, like the niblets. That's the yeah, best part. That is the best part. I thought it was called giblets. Giblet. Yeah, depends on where well, you're from. If you nibble on it, it's niblets. If you jibble on it, it's giblets. Okay. <laughs> and if you're watching, you can see Brian Waller's uh, YouTube. He has 339 subscribers right now. Make sure you go there and hit subscribe. When his I only have one goal, and that's to beat Shane. Uh, he's at 430, so I need some help tonight. Y'all hook me go. up. Help him out. We also have PPG Tommy in the house. You can find him at ppgtommy.com. Welcome, Mr. Tommy. 
going on, guys? What are you? What have you been up to? I haven't even heard from you in a while. Work and more work. That's about it. Man, ten subscribers. I'm famous, guys. He's got oh, ten subscribers. We can do better Wait. than that tonight. And I think that um, Shane last week was number ten on the subscriber list. So we yes. we now also have PPG Tommy in the description down below. So at least we will here in just a moment. Gotcha. Um, next. Next, we have JP Tulo in the house. What's up, JP? What's JP? going on, guys? JP is Happy our resident uh, guy that likes to throw the uh, laundry. He's the only person that I know that actually thrown a reserve, and it wasn't at an SIV course. And he's also our IT tech guy. He's the one that's putting up these things up on the screen. As you can see, this is JP's um youtube he has 147 subscribers make sure you go there and click uh subscribe and as you can see he watches his own videos woot woot <laughs> you have anything he's else also, to say mr jp he, no he's that's, also that's it. he's also the uh only guy that i know that will um touch and go off of uh a flatbed trailer <laughs> yep. i love that video jp I think we saw uh, that. I think we saw that. Was that was fun. Did you guys see the most recent comment about that? No. On uh, in my Facebook. Forever number eleven, Tommy. <laughs> a certain uh, guy with it rhymes with the name uh, Schmel Danzy. <laughs> I made a made a comment on that uh, video. <laughs> Super long winded. Um, he, uh, he is long winded. Yeah. yeah so I'll have to share that with you guys a little bit later. But yeah. yeah. Now you gonna make me. I can't even go on there now because I'm on my phone. Dang it! <laughs> it's pretty entertaining. Not gonna lie. All right, we'll have to definitely check that out. We also have Doug Martin in the house. What's up, Mr. Doug? How are you, my friend? Hey, Doug. Doing pretty good tonight. So I figured I'd hang out for a while and see what the cool guys are up to. Oh, you are the cool guy. So we're we're hanging around with you, the cool guy. For, for those of you that do not know uh, Doug Martin, he's been on a show a couple of times. Um, he had an incident on the 14th of February, the heart day, the heart day. And oh. he went down and had a tiny accident, but he's uh, back and flying right now. So we're very glad that you're back here and uh, definitely with us. Well, if anybody has something to be thankful for, it's me. So. Absolutely. If you... Don't know anything about Doug. This is his. Is this his YouTube or Facebook? This is Facebook. His Facebook I don't think on YouTube. This is yeah, his I Facebook. Yeah, updating my stuff again. Now that my voice is starting to come back, I'll start doing a little bit more. Okay. Awesome. Good so Doug is on Facebook. Swing over there and say hi to the guy. He's one of the. Doug is the coolest guy he knows. And yes, he is. That's what I tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> And now we have to introduce our guest. He's one that doesn't need to be introduced because Tucker Gott already introduced him on the last crash video. Michael Pendleton, welcome, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Since we're uh, since we're going to be doing a crash video uh, series here, where we definitely need to have somebody on that you know has crashed. And it's famous on Tucker, uh, Tucker got, wait a minute. We also have another Tucker got famous guy, Brian Haybill. We got a couple of them. Yeah. That's wow. what I said. They got some stuff in common. That is so, so we're, awesome. We're collecting so, them. It seems. I don't so know what y'all talking about. 
<laughs> at some point in this podcast, Brian, you've got to tell them how being on Tough for God changed your life. Definitely. While you guys are talking, I'm going to j- jump behind the scenes, uh, fill up the uh, comments or the uh, section down below, paste this uh, YouTube link everywhere, and I'll be back. So go ahead and um, talk with you, guys, you know, with each other. Uh, introduce Michael, show his little thing, and uh, I'll be back in a moment. So to, to, to answer your question, Tommy, I can tell you how exactly how it's changed my life. Today, when it got really cold fast, for the first time in my life, my internal thermostat worked, new metal in my leg, and it hurt. <laughs> so that's the first time. I have metal on my neck. It's never bothered me before when we got a big weather change, but uh, I definitely noticed it with my leg. Um, so it is what it is. But now meeting Tucker Gott was cool. Uh, making one of his crash videos is never really cool. So I'm looking forward to hearing Michael's story on that front for sure. Um, you know, Doug has a, a very interesting story. We've, we've heard before where, you know, he, he had an accident and broke quite a few bones and he's back up in the air. And we're definitely glad to see him flying uh, for sure. So Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. And, uh, you know, what, ha- what happened? Sir, I've uh, been flying, uh, I think back in August, I went to Midwest PPG up in Indiana, Dave and Matt, uh, two great guys, trained with them, and um, came back here to North Carolina, and I think uh, when this incident happened, we were kind of talking about, it was probably my 37th flight, and uh, I always said I wouldn't run out of gas, because what idiot runs out of gas, and uh, it happened to me, so, uh, and uh Anyway, when it happened, uh, another guy I know, a um, guy named Ben, lives on the other side of Charlotte. Uh, met him at the fly-in as well over there. And uh, Ben's got a param- uh, paramotor channel or a YouTube channel, uh, NC Paramotor, or Paramotor NC, I believe. I don't want to butcher yep, that. Yeah, that's but right. Anyway, Ben reached out to me um, and said he'd been emailing Tucker and uh, if he wanted to get that information to him if I was interested in doing that. And to be honest with you, I wasn't sure I even wanted to um, put it on my channel. Um, I don't know if you'd call it embarrassing. Um, like I said, I didn't really think, uh, yeah, Paramotor, Paramotor NC, there you go, right there. Um, good guy, he's putting out a lot of videos. Um, but uh, so I thought about it for a little bit, you know, and I said, yeah, go ahead and, and, and do that. And um, sure enough, I guess it was last week, uh, Tucker emailed me about it. And, um, you know, I guess overall, I thought that uh, if it could help anybody with the mistakes that I made, uh, then it was worth doing and, and uh, you know, getting some criticism for. And uh, you're talking about being in one of his videos. I, I usually don't look at comments too much and uh, I couldn't help it. You know, most people were pretty supportive about it. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of people on there and it's going to make their comments and that's fine. And it's nice you guys being having me on this channel and um, kind of give my perspective of kind of what happened here uh, to just go into more detail about the decisions that I made and I guess my thought process while I was doing it. So. Um, if, if you can go back, if we want to talk about that, about kind of what happened, um, if you'll go back uh, maybe 30 seconds there, I'd like to point out to where I was landing and then where I ended up going and, and why I made that decision. Um, right in there probably, probably went too far. So this is kind of a route that I took a lot from where I took off from right there. If you'll, um, yeah, pause it right there. Or let it play on just a minute. But this is kind of a route that I usually take. You can go ahead and play it. Um, so I was making my way back to land. And um, go ahead and pause it there. 
so if you look to your right, um, obviously right below you, you've got a school, but up until your right there, you've got the high school. So you see a football field and a softball field, and then you see another field right there. Well, that's the field I've been taking off and landing from this way particularly, but problem was is a inexperience. I didn't know really how far I could glide before, you know, and, and come down. If I come up short there to your right, guys, there's some just some trees right there. So I was worried about coming up short and landing those trees, basically. Um, so looking down here at these ball fields, there's a lot of trees right around them, not to mention the light poles you can't really see there. So I never thought of that. Obviously, I think the first thing anybody would look at is that huge field there. And I should have landed right there in that field. Um, and so that's what I did. I made my way towards that field there. Um, the baseball diamonds? The baseball diamonds I ruled out. Um, okay. Are you I talking did, about the field to the left here? Can yeah, you guys yes, see sir. my mouse cursor? I do see it. Yeah, yeah we see it. So that's that's okay. that's where my – if you'll take the mouse cursor to your right. There's another school off to the right in the distance. There's another school up here. Go up, go up, up. Go to your right. Right, right, right. Keep going to the right a little bit. Right in there oh. – and I'm going to move this screen here. Right where your mouse cursor at is where I was going to land. That's where I took okay. off from. Okay. Hindsight being 2020, which it always is, I think I could have made it um, easily to there. But there's trees in between me and there. Those low trees are about 10 foot high pine uh -huh. trees. And even that you I don't want to end up in those trees. So I immediately cut that out. The, the diamonds there you see, the baseball field and softball field below you, is really kind of down in a hole um, with some trees. And I just ruled them out. So obviously, I looked to that field to your left where you were a minute ago. And so that's where I headed to. Um, and as I got closer, I realized, you know, it, it's it's full of soybeans and soybeans are viney. I really worried about coming in on my approach um, and really just with some speed still catching my feet and just flopping face first down with that speed um, and not really dropping in. I didn't. So as I got closer to it, I thought, well, this front yard is just going to be perfect. Um, but I was too high and overshot. And um, so as I overshot it immediately, what I didn't foreshadow, and I this is to me, out of all the bad decisions, I, I wish I'd have foreseen that if I'd have overshot it, that I was gonna put myself in the position that I ended up being in, was that I had that whole row of trees going by that road that I was facing. So that house driveway ran up that tree line and that's where I turned to kind of go to and I cut it too close and hit the guide wire. I, right over here. Yeah. I, I, follow that video on it'll I come in the yard and then I bank to the left and I just really wasn't thinking about how wide my glider was I should have I should have done a lot of things but at that point hindsight's 2020 you know it's so, it so at this point your engine is out at this point my engine is out I'm just um, sailing and trying to figure out where I'm going to go and where I decide to go at, at this point in time my mind is, is that I'm going to set it down in these soybeans even though I didn't want to because I was really worried about it catching my feet and me just really coming down hard face first. Because um, they're, they're taller than they look. I mean, you can see the grass there at that house is cut short and you can see how tall it is on the edges. So here still, I'm still thinking about, and I made the comment about being high. I wasn't commenting on how high I was. I think that's kind of what Tucker was talking about, how he took it. I was commenting on how high those soybeans were and I really didn't want to come down in them. So right around here is where I decide I'm going to cut it in and land in this front yard. Um, but again, I'm over, I've, I've overshot it. I, I, at that point, I don't realize it until right about now that I have. So I'm thinking about this road. 
what I should have done here was really cut it to the left and landed, but I didn't. And then I just catch the guide wire and there it went. I'll tell you another little funny fact mm. here. We, I've got a wife and three daughters, one of them drives, but so we have a, an app called Life360 that we use to kind of basically keep track of our kids. And, um, but I come down so hard with my phone in my pocket that um, it sent out a message to my wife and my daughters that- they, That's awesome. That it, I had been in a car crash because I came down so hard. So props to that, you know, I wasn't hurt, yeah. but I did what any responsible paramotor pilot would do. And I threw myself between the uh, ground and my paramotor. Oh, oh you no. can't, can't be breaking anything. So, can't be damaging uh, gear. But, uh, you know, so it worked out good. And then my phone started making a weird vibration. I'm looking at it, you know, and that's what it was. And my wife called, texted me, and my daughter texted me, asked me if I'm all right. So um, good for that. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, you know, looking back, I, there's 15 different things I should have done. Uh, but that's how it turned out, and I'm thankful for it, uh, that, I wasn't hurt and equipment was okay and good. Got lucky. I mean, missing those power lines was a blessing, man. I mean, that, I mean, yeah. I, I assume, you know, that, that was close. Okay, JP, you yeah. can. Yeah. Uh, so hey, stop, stop screen sharing. Yeah. Sean, uh, could you make that shareable on a paramotor for beginners, please? Um, shareable. Yes. It should be shareable right now. Okay, it says it's just got like and comment on it right now. That's probably because um, that's what they've done. It's also on my Facebook. So you can go to my, my Facebook and you should be able to uh, to share that. Got you. Thank you. Yes, sir. So, Michael, when I had met you at the uh, Rebel Field flight, if you got to fly in North Carolina, um, you had just went to school in uh, yeah, I, I haven't been out Indiana. Long. So how many flights had you had at that point? That point, um, you know, uh, I left um, probably uh, probably thirty. I'm guessing thirty flights. So. And, and you were this place that this happened at was near your house, and this is where you normally fly out of. Yeah, that um, that's one of the fields there. Um, I flew out of it. Uh, actually, my next flight. Um, I did uh, basically, I, I flew for probably 45 minutes, but I basically made a little lap around and then landed and then took back off and worked on my spot landings. Uh, so I took my own advice and everybody else's advice that I'd need to work on that. So, um, but yeah, I usually fly to there and there's another little town. It's got a field between the fire department and a park. It's, it's really nice. I took out up a bit too. So haven't been back to uh, uh, Rebel uh, probably since that flying when I talked to you, but I flew going back and, and talking about uh, new guys and, and high winds. When I first came came back to North Carolina, I drove back on a Sunday morning. I got back here Sunday afternoon and said, I'm gonna go fly, you know, and it'll be my first flight without an instructor in my ear. So I went to Rebel Field to take off. And um, it's kind of late. And um, I think I botched my first takeoff. I didn't have a good wing and, and laid it back down and set up again. I got up there and it was, I was parked. It was bumpy, it, winds were strong and I, they really weren't forecasting it for it. Winds on the ground were not strong. Uh, I made a little short little lap around, sat there almost parked trying to get back around to, to kind of land. And um, so that was my first flight without an instructor in my ear coming back. So um, and the next two flights were like that. And I'm like, gosh, surely it's not like this all the time. And then after that, I've had good air ever since. So, um, 
but yeah, that was my first first flight off radio. Yeah, get get you a, hel a helium tank, man, and some uh, latex balloons. And when you don't know, you can just release a balloon. When, when it goes up 100 feet and then all of a sudden goes sideways, you'll know. Right. Um, obviously, there's apps sense. you can use to check that. Wendy's relatively accurate, depending on where yeah, you're at. Yeah, uh, I usually get on, uh, I believe it's what, Ryan Carlton's like a hot air balloon site. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. I, I check it a lot. And it seems to be pretty good. Um, that and usairnet.com. Um, uh, to kind of check, they'll, they'll give you like a three-day out forecast that seems to be pretty accurate. Have, have you been back in the air since your uh, since the accident? Yeah, I have. Um, actually, and, and, and I don't want to go off topic too much. About three weeks ago, my dad had a heart attack and, and passed away. And oh, uh, so it's, Sorry. it's Sorry. been kind of, uh, he, he went to, he's retired and uh, he was only 64. Uh, he was young. Um, luckily for me, he went up to Indiana with me with the camper and so we've, we've I mean, he lived five minutes from me, so we were really close. But uh, so after that, uh, I had a little, I didn't fly uh, for the flights after that have been, I got busy. I had some beach trips planned and uh, they were just fishing trips with the family and I, I did those. And then we had some bad weather. So it was a, really almost, it was about a month actually from the crash. And it wasn't because I didn't want to go up. It was because I just stayed so busy. And then, um, then that happened with my dad and uh Finally, I just had to get up because I needed that peace and time in the air. So I um, went up and flew and uh, two days in a row from a new place. And uh, it was perfect. My takeoffs were perfect. My landings were, were great. And uh, then the next flight was, um, I believe that last video I posted, um, I put my brother on a Phantom 4 drone and he did a really good job for first time flying a drone and got some video and I just did wrap arounds and, and touch and goes or, or landings and set back up and go just to practice my uh, spot landings. And uh, those were all good too. So, um, uh, but yeah, but I, I did, I went about a month from the crash to the time I flew and that's been the biggest gap since I left school. Um, but it, like I said, it wasn't because I didn't want to get back up. I just had out of town trips and then weather. Um, but so far all my flights since then have been just really great. So I'm thankful for that. So what is the takeaway that you can tell the newbies that are listening to this or watching this? What is the takeaway from your crash? Um, so be be mindful about your your fuel, obviously, and to go into more detail. I, like I said, I, I've been putting in about seven liters on the 185 and flying for about an hour. I only put in six liters because I didn't think it's going to fly that long. And I've got a mirror, and I'm, this is something I'm going to work on. And if, if you're a exactly. new Exactly, get a mirror. <laughs> well, I've got a mirror. My, my issue is, is that I keep that mirror, mirror in my pocket on the left side, which is where my throttle is at. And I don't like reaching down here and getting that thing and letting go of my throttle. No, so I'm mount it to the side of your one. throttle, man. There you go. That's what I thought about after the fact, is that I'm going to mount one on that throttle to, to, to watch it. So that is the, the advice I was about to say was, because uh, I had the mirror with me, um, and it it's just kind of aggravating getting that thing out. At least for me, I... I I don't like, I don't know, I don't like taking that throttle out of my hand and reaching down, trying to get it and messing around and thinking about dropping the mirror. So I, I, I didn't even think about checking and just be mindful of your time. I did not plan on being up for an hour and you're having such a good time that that hour went by quick. And I wonder, I wonder if you can find one of those um, mirrors, you know, the, uh, the convex concave ones, you know, that maybe you can put like right here so as you're flying all you got to do is go like that to take a look and you're i mean hey, you i know where you can find one oh, jp yeah? no yeah and then napa knows how <laughs> yeah. 
That's where I bought mine. Two dollars, a little round convex beer, a little piece of Velcro, put it on the throttle. Yeah, yeah, and, no, there's uh, little yeah, blind spots. Good to go. Yeah. So guys, I was thinking about doing the exact same thing, and I, de I decided against it because something creeped me out about putting my throttle hand down with that cable and pushing it up against my netting. I was like, if there's ever a spot that I could push it through, it worried me. So I got one of those uh, little uh, badge holders or whatnot, the elastic ones that's on an elastic thing, and I clipped it on the other side so I can reach down with my dominant hand, my right hand. I also use my dominant hand for a reserve toss if I need to. So I wanted to use my left hand for my throttle. I put a lot of thought into it. <laughs> but all right. it, it just always, does that not ever wear y'all out? Do you guys check and make sure that if you do reach down with that throttle hand, that there's no way that that can get through the netting? Not, that on, my, not on my motor. Uh, I fly an angel. There's nothing that can get through it. We know, Grandpa. We know. <laughs> so, so. So I, I I fly the PAP and it has enough enough holes and in, in, in gaps in it that you can uh, literally slide your entire body through uh, the the cage there. Um, Doesn't sound safe. No, well it's it's a great motor and great great unit. It just there's some big ass gap um, <clears throat> big gaps in it, and. Uh, so I literally bought, or actually I didn't buy this. I think it was in uh, Flight If You Got It. The guy was giving away the, the springs and the bushings for the 185. And when I went over there, I told everybody about it and I was cooking. And when it came to me going over to get one, they were, he gave them all out. So I got a mirror and I took this mirror and I added it to a, um, I don't know what you called it, a janitor's retrievable keychain thing. thing. I did. Yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So it, it's actually on my it's on my right shoulder. So I actually grab it with my left hand, which I have my throttle on the right, and I'm able to pull it over and check out my fuel tank. The problem with that is all the numbers on my fuel tank are on the right side. So the left side, I'm just guess, guessing because I haven't taken the time to sharpen. Just get a sharpie and, and throw know, it on. I haven't done it yet. I Lazy. Done it yet. <laughs> hey, real quick, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Aviator Show in the chat, Eric Farewell. Thanks Hello, for, Eric. Uh, thanks for coming in yep. to check out our little show. Thanks for coming to it, man. Hey. It was my 10 <laughs> subscribers. I got them over here, guys. Hey, what's up, guys? I have a feeling Eric has just lost. He got confused. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to find like a, yeah, a real show. He typed in paramotor and it, we popped up just because we were live. <laughs> I talked like, to him about the show at, uh, at Thanksgiving last week. I uh, had a feeling. So apparently what you have to do it. is you got to fry the guy a couple of turkeys and uh, he'll watch the show. <laughs> Way to go, hey, Bill. We appreciate it, yeah. man. Hey, well, can you guys hear me okay? We got, we got a lot of people hey, in the chat. Oh, yeah. George from ParisWagUSA.com. What's up, man? Hey, I was trying like crazy to get in here because I was listening to your conversation on the fuel mirror and being able to see the uh, gas tank and everything, right? Right. So we have a solution for that. We have a fuel sensor system that uh, we're going to be carrying. We're just trying to uh, lower the footprint a little bit. But what it is, you basically have three sensors you mount to your tank, high, medium, low. There's a LED light that mounts to your throttle that you push with the side of your, your, your thumb. 
and once you hold and press that button, depending on what light it is, that's how much fuel you have in your tank. Sweet. And it just sticks to the outside of your tank? It sticks to the outside of your tank. So what I did, it, it came to me to test, <clears throat> and uh, it came to me with the 3M tape, the double-sided 3M tape, right? So I tried that. I cleaned it with, you know, acetone and uh, real good, and, and it stuck, but I could pull it off. You know what I mean? Not, not real easy, but with, with pressure. And I figured over time, it's going to probably work itself loose, right? Mm -hmm. So what I did is I took super glue and I put two <clears throat> drops of super glue on each piece of 3M. And I've been flying it with it now for two months and it has not moved. And it's worked flawlessly. So the only changes that we're trying to make right now is it, it, it has a full Arduino board inside of it for the control unit. And we're going to put that down to a little chip which will lower the control box. It works off of a nine volt battery. Definitely, I would like, I'd like to try that. Um, I actually have a double tank. One draws off the other, so I assume I'd have to put it on the one that it draws off of, the main one, and uh, put it on there. That's pretty interesting. I definitely double like tank. to. Yeah, well, a double what, tank. I, I what, made us, what made us look into it is because, you know, we carry that Rebel, uh, frame and the tank is behind you it's it's kind of the design the tank is actually behind your back and it's a little thinner so it's actually kind of hard to get a mirror back there and look at it so i was looking for a solution when i came across this guy that invented this and and you know that's where it came from but uh so if i can get you one sean i'll get you one so you can test it out that would be really awesome. And Eric Farewell is actually in the chat here. We're listening to our podcast. Uh, just so you know, I was watching your podcast uh, as I was, you know, wanting to, to to actually learn to fly. So this is pretty cool. We're, we're, I miss right. your podcast every every every. Um, the every Ask week. Aviator yeah. Show, yeah. We just don't do that. it on Monday night, so I can do that and this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, quick question. Uh, so yeah. for my throttle, my throttle, I don't have room to put a mirror or uh, sensor, three lights. It's just a tiny little um, piece of metal tubing and a throttle. I don't. There's. I'd have to get a whole new throttle to do uh, to add a mirror or um, the lights to see how uh, <clears throat> how much fuel I have. How I figure out my fuel is as I'm as I'm flying every ten minutes I stop recording and restart my recording on my phone. That's how I figure out how long I've been flying. <laughs> what one of the things that I've done, and I don't know if you guys have this or not, is an app called PPGPS, and on that it has a fuel um, estimation thing on there. So you put in your burn rate and you put in how much fuel that you put in it, and it's pretty darn accurate. I mean, it it knows. Uh, with your fuel burn that you put into it. I mean, you have to put it in and how much fuel that you actually have in it. Um, it gives you a pretty good estimation. As a matter of fact, it even counts down in time. Like mine is about two hours and 34 minutes. So it actually counts down. You got two hours, 34 minutes, two hours, 30, you know, 33, 32. And it gives you, a, you know, a, a, an estimation. It even has um, the, the fill you know, where it actually looks like, you know, it's full and then it actually drops down. So it's a pretty good, pretty good um, app to have along with, I use the PPGPS just for that, for the fuel. And of course I use my Fly Sky High, um, you know, for, for my logging and of, of everything. Eric in the chat says just take a picture of your tank and look at it. If that's, you know, if you take selfies. 
there you go selfies um that depending if you don't sharpie it you it's really hard to tell um i've used that i did the selfie and it looked like i had a lot of fuel then i went to the ppgps and it, it just doesn't i don't know maybe, maybe it's just the angle maybe maybe it's a bad angle because i was down by my butt you know so i don't know maybe i got a, a wrong selfie speaking but, of selfies I, I took my first selfie at aviator um on my one year anniversary of training down that. there flight 85 and uh was first that... time I put, I put the shoe cam on because i've yet to take my phone out of my pocket while flying <laughs> I see that people drop them. yeah gopro and i flew a new wing spider shout out to eric for let me try some new wings appreciate it brother and uh looking forward to getting my new one for how'd sure you like, how'd you like that spider I fell in love, man. I flew the 24 <laughs> and the 26 meter. Yeah. I've been flying the Mojo Large for a year, so uh, huge step forward. And I mean, the amount of flare authority is just crazy compared to what I'm used to. So I made yeah. some pretty sweet landings. I see how they make it look easy now. You got good equipment. It, it's amazing. That's another thing, too. It's like a lot of people that are wanting to get into this sport, they're like, I want to be cheap. You know, I want to get a used wing, a used motor. And these people that are getting the used wings, you know, even though, it, I mean, I, I got a Roadster 3 from uh, 2019. It has about 350 some hours on it. It does not flare very good. I tried one of my friend's spiders and it's totally different. I, when I sent it in for inspection, they said, um, you need new lines because you wore it out. Um, so. <laughs> That's because you fly for like three hours every time you fly. Two hours and 34 exactly. minutes max. <laughs> <laughs> hey uh real quick um again i'm outside out back not looking at chat brian's going to be taking care of the uh, chat so anybody saying hi to us or what have you oh yeah um, brian. hello hello let's do a quick, uh, a quick shout out yeah definitely uh, got, please let's go through we got bill h eric you got it brian you in there yeah no, go for it man you got it okay yeah we got bill h in the chat uh Paris John Wayne, Wayne, Slow Days, Mark Putnam, Nick Griffith, uh, the, the regular suspects. Joshua. I appreciate you guys. Walter Priori. Yay. Yeah. Joshua. And we got a special Stanland. guest, Eric Farewell, tonight. We've already gave him yeah. a shout out. That's super and, uh, uh, awesome of him. Amy George. I think I saw uh, the Flamingo Girl. Yay. Pink Flamingo. Pink Flamingo. Pink Flamingo in here, too. I, I, I have seen no one because I can't see the TV from here, but I am enjoying my fire though. Just a Paramotor NC, which uh, was commenting on your your video, right? He was one. Wow, Paramotor Crazy talker, right? just jumped in too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, David Wolf. Wow. Yeah, thirty people in the chat right now, guys. That's pretty good. Thirty. Thirty people in the chat and sixteen Six. thumbs up. Yep. Awesome. Help us out just a wee bit. I love my cherry berry down there too. Look, hey, look and Scary Bear, Gary Bear, the groupie. That's Scary Groupie. Yeah, that's the groupie. All right. I have seen her all over the place, and she must be retired like Linda because she's on <laughs> everybody's. Which, hey, thank you for the support. Not making fun of you. I'm just literally saying you spend a lot of time on YouTube. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with her, Michael. What? So, all right, Mike. I got a question for you, man. Sure. Um, you know. Tucker did a review of your video and you mentioned you were on the fence about whether or not putting that out there because of the negative feedback. 
Um, you know, I had my experience with it. Uh, so far, what has been your experience? Has, has it been mostly positive feedback that you've gotten from people or have you had a lot of naysayers? Right. Um, you know, I've not been on there um, probably the last two days. So I, I really only looked the first day um, at what was there. And most of it was pretty positive. A lot of people given uh, what I would call constructive criticism. And uh, as a, a former instructor myself, I, I don't mind constructive criticism. Uh, there was only a couple that, and uh, I started to reply back. I think I replied back to one maybe, but uh, the others I just didn't want to even say anything about because uh, it is what it is. But uh, for the most part, it was it was pretty good. Um, I think even Tucker jumped on um, one of the, um, on a comment, uh, I wouldn't say getting my back, but uh, it basically kind of stepped in there and, and it basically said kind of hindsight's twenty twenty, you know, and uh, it's kind of what I was saying that, I, I know that there are some things I would have done differently, uh, but here, this is what happened. And if you can learn from it, great. Um, and I think most of it's been pretty positive. Now, like I said, I've not been on there in uh, the last two days to see if anything's new there. It's, that's neither here or there for me. So um, most of it's been pretty positive. Uh, like I said, if it could have helped somebody, then and the negatives were worth it. So no, yeah, no worries. Were, were, you, not, um, were you not trained or taught about the pizza cutting um... Like as, as you're, if you have a motor out, you pick a spot and then so you don't overshoot it, you, you do the pizza cut, you go back and forth and, and smaller and smaller until you get over your. I think my problem was, is that from the get go, after the first probably 20 seconds, I decided that that, that soybean field was where I was going to land. Um, right. My problem was, was at the last minute, I thought that that front yard would be a good place to land. And by that point, there was no room to drop altitude. I don't know how low you can pull big ears to drop any, but in my head, uh, where I made the mistake at was was turning and thinking that I was low enough for that. So it wasn't that from the get-go I thought I was too high. I didn't ever thought that I was too high. Um, I wasn't too high for the soybean field. I was too high for the yard, but that was a last-minute decision to go for the yard, and that's what that's what got me. And now that right. you are working on spot landings, um, you'll be much better if this ever happens again. Hopefully it never happens again. It doesn't, but yeah, it'd be nice to be a little more prepared. Well, well, I got, a lot easier with the motor on your back. <laughs> see, yes. I, don't, I don't land with motor on. I land with motor off, but I have, had, I have had a motor out due to running out of fuel, but I was at 1,200 feet, and I was over the compound, which is a vast open area of land that I can land just about anywhere. Um, <clears throat> but I was just kind of curious. I, I know your situation. I've seen the video and it's just like, man, if you, if you would have pizza cutted, yeah. yeah, gone back left and right, as you got closer to your target, you would have been, well, yeah. one, you wouldn't have overshot, Yeah, but you did a yeah, good job. I, I, mean, I, I should have, I guess yeah. made that decision. Sure. I, and I guess yeah. that's something you could take. Make your decision where you're going to land when you've got some altitude, I, I guess. Um, and I did. That, and I I changed that decision at the last minute. And that, and that kind of bit me. So for the soybean field, I, just, I was fine. My altitude was not an issue. Uh, but it was an issue when I decided to go for the front yard. But I didn't know it was an issue until right. it was too late. Hey, I have a I'm question. Glad. What What is the trick? when you got to drop altitude because i just <clears throat> unfortunately i just had this happen to me at chris wheeler's house a few weeks back and i had to make an emergency emergency landing because i didn't have any fuel left and uh, i had to land in his front yard in the middle of highline so i i had to i mean i break check 
as hard as I could to drop out about 15 feet, which I landed on my butt, but you know, I didn't hurt anything. I didn't hit any high lines, but what is the trick when you've got to try to get down quick and like get big out ears. of the sky? Big ears. Yeah. See, I don't know big ears. I haven't had the SIV yet. Mm-hmm. Just reach up and grab your it, uh, outer most days. I, yeah, I think any trick days. to lose altitude on a paramotor quickly is, is an advanced maneuver. Uh, whether it's spiraling down, uh, tight S turns or big ears. Uh, I would, uh, yeah, I agree with Brian. Um, our own uh, paramotor crazy in the chat, he shared uh, his SIV experience. His first time he went to pull big ears, he went and actually pulled the wrong lines and uh, did a full frontal collapse, I think, because he pulled the middle A lines instead of the outer A lines. And uh, that can go bad if you don't, uh, if you're not prepared and you know uh read up on where you know every glider is a little, a little bit different um in general the outer a's the outer a's some wings don't even have the outer a's the older ones you know the 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 maneuvers that y'all are speaking of though for a little higher altitude i was about 100 feet off the ground maybe 200 okay. at the most that's, that's when you, that's you just start course. And that's I, mean, I tried I... to make a 90, I mean, a uh, 180 degree turn because in front of me, I had high lines and I couldn't go right because of trees. So I, I, my thought immediately was to do a 90 degree and come back the other way. Right. And do a U-turn. But as soon as I turned on that wing that I was on, I started dropping. So I didn't have a choice. I had to, I had to drop right then. And, you know, I just kind of dropped out of the sky <laughs> is what I did. I mean, the, the two things that have helped me a lot is whenever I'm coming in, I, whenever I'm uh, trying to spot land, I don't take my eyes off of the place I'm trying to land and I start my S turns. I always have my eyes on that spot. And in zero wind conditions for me through skydiving and base jumping, I've learned that whenever you've got a spot that's getting closer, this spot here is moving up, this spot here is going underneath you the spot that's getting closer, but we are on paraglider. So you have to take in consideration, you might get a gust, you might get lifted up back again, but that's kind of what I do is I look at that spot. I don't take my eyes off of it when I'm S turning down. And I try to, once I get to hundred feet, I'm kind of like straight line in, you know, I'm looking at the spot that's getting closer to me, not the spot that's going up, not the spot that's going down. And, and these maneuvers that we're talking about, you know, you can really hone your skills at SIV course, because um, when you're coming in, because after you do, do your maneuvers and you're coming in to land, you can do different things. Like you learn the big ears in the SIV course, you learn how to pull your <laughs> brake and you're able to, to learn how much you can stall your wing and keep it stalled. I mean, you know, some wings you can pull all the way down and just keep on, keep it stalled and keep on going down. But you gotta remember when you let it up, you're gonna go down a surge. You know, so there's a lot of things that this this is something that new people shouldn't do. They shouldn't go out there and just try a big year without instruction. They shouldn't try, you know, pulling the brakes down and see how far they can stall unless you're at an SIV course or or have instruction. Um, spirals, you know, you, if you don't know how to do a spiral, that can be kind of dangerous to new, someone new also. So to lose the altitude, I would definitely suggest finding a good SIV instructor. Um, Andrew Fuller's uh, is a good one. I've been to his uh, three different times. Uh, really good class. But there's a lot of different SIV courses out there. So make sure you guys look around 
and check this. Um, we are rolling on about 20 of eight. So let's go ahead and start looking at these, um, these crash videos. Now I'm gonna say crash videos, but they're not really crash videos. They're more along the line of, uh, this is something that a new person could get themselves into. So what I did is I, and the link is down in the description below. This is a paramotor crash compilation. Everyone that's new has probably watched something like this. And we're gonna go through each clip and take a look. And our panel is gonna take a look. And of course, everyone that's watching it can take a look. And in the chat, let us know what you think is going on also. So in this first clip, we're watching this. What's the first thing that you see? Uh, me and my SIV course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but this was that SIV course between you and me, Shane. I mean, so yeah. But yeah. this was this was someone trying to do something in higher winds. Yeah, really high winds. Um, and we definitely don't want to do anything like that. I think the next clip is another high wind going way over beyond uh, the wind capability. I mean, what, they got three people on there, four people on the wing. So this guy kind of gets it up there, but you can see that the wind is just way too much for him. And I, I wonder what-, what And he turtled. What do they expect when they get up in oh. the air? Hey. They're gonna fly backwards. Right, so, so, the guy, so the guy turtled also. Too much wind holding back and turtled. So what kind of issues do you think um, happened on those first couple clips? Way too much wind, what else? Terrible conditions, yeah. Terrible Inex conditions. Inexperience. Inexperience with the, with the higher winds, exactly. Right, pulling too yeah. much brake. Probably didn't even need a brake ass or a assist on that inflation because of how high the winds were. What about doing a Cobra launch? That Absolutely. is, with, that that, I think that's with more skill. When you have more skill, you know, to go up Cobra, bring it up. Um, but that might have been too high of winds also for him. I don't think that the uh, pilot was skilled enough. What do you guys think? Not enough skill? Agree. Poor instruction. Yeah. Or poor I think, instruction. I think, honestly, if you are not comfortable in those winds, you should not. You're, you're pilot in command, dude. I mean, it's it's... You gotta you gotta know your comfort zone, and that is clearly outside of my comfort zone. And we also I don't have the audio on, but the guy is revving up his motor, probably because he's holding the brakes and the throttle at the same time, and the motor was almost at full throttle. Look at look at oh, the blade wow. spin. Wow. And then yeah, with the motor so that's revving. Not, that's not helping him trying to hold the wing. So back. that cost him a bunch of money. Yes, it did. So let's go to the next clip. All right, I'm back in the chat here because I'm inside. It's a little chilly outside. I almost had to get my toes cold. Okay, so once again, what's the one thing that he should have done when he turned around? First of all, he probably should have kited the wing, make sure mm -hmm. it was stable. Mm -hmm. See, the wind is, the wing wasn't even all the way up. On this one, I think that if he would have kited the wing, watched the wing for a second, you know, got all the way up there, kited it, but he turned around 
and right there it's already collapsing on one side and not even he hasn't even looked at the wingtips yet and boom another prop what about the wing size i mean that's what i was you, thinking that thing was you, huge it's hard to tell actually i just got that from amy yeah i know but I mean, if you're in the winds like that, I mean, you should be flying. I'm on a 27 meter normally. I would, I mean, with those kind of winds, I'd be wanting to be in the 22, 24 meter wing just so you can control it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. On this one, he gets it caught in his prop. So the, these high winds that people are, that are trying to, you know, oh, God. Get out of this that's an expensive mm. day. Mm. Yeah. So, so looking at these oh. first couple clips, we see that high winds can cause not only damage to your prop, um, you're holding onto the brakes, which is your throttle also. So as you're pulling the brake, you're also spinning up your prop and you not even realize it. And you notice that there's some people around the prop too, which is kind of dangerous. So right. a lot yeah. of these things are not only dangerous for you to do, but it's also dangerous for the people around you. Yeah. Um, what do y'all think Especially so the far carbon props. These? The carbon props will shatter, and those strips of carbon, they will become projectiles immediately. <clears throat> so if you're standing close, you can get hit with a piece of carbon, and I've heard horror stories about people getting, you know, shards of carbon in their skin. It doesn't just come right out. Splitter on steroids. Yeah, absolutely. But the carbon's not near as bad as the old wooden props. I know that. Props don't seem to be. Uh, I, I don't even. I don't even know why people are still using um, the wooden props. And this carbon guy, props are nothing compared to hay bales. <laughs> what? No kidding. <laughs> No kidding. In, the, in, in this paramotor crash compilation video, the guy is running and just kind of sits. No break. I wonder how many people have done this on accident. And in the chat, if you guys have sat too soon when you first started flying, let us know in the, in the chat section. I saw a video of somebody doing that recently. They went down on their knees and they held in the throttle, still got in the air. Oh, I think I, I saw, saw that. that one too. I saw, yeah, it was, I saw it was, that it was well. pretty impressive, actually. But uh, yeah, don't try this at home, kind of thing. That's so a good way to get your foot cut. So yeah. keeps what keeps me from getting into my seat early, jumping in, if you will, is when I take off. I try to, I try to foot drag. Um. And as I'm leaving the ground, I'm like trying to reach for the ground, if, if you will. And that literally just keeps me from jumping in the seat. If I didn't do that, I would jump in the seat early every single time. I just feel the lift. I mean, once I apply brake and I feel myself going off the ground, I'm gaining altitude. I take a seat. I just keep running. I'll be in the sky. My feet will still be going. <laughs> a little like Forrest Gump. They said you win a, a prize at Aviator at, uh, if they have to tell you to stop running. And uh, the prize was you don't have to buy a replacement prop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a good prize. 
I know it, uh, when I was at Midwest PPG, it was plastered everywhere. Do not see it. Uh, I couldn't go into the bathroom and take a leak without reading that. <laughs> so I, I think that's good advice. Uh, you see it a lot. I just have to say, don't ground start. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to talk about how that. How many times have we seen ground starting at this last fly-in? Oh, everywhere. It's, I, yeah. It, I won't watch it. I will not watch it. I see it. There are reaching. countless stories. Yes, he mangled and maimed badly from ground starting. Why do we think that is? Is that just, uh, is that, I don't know. I think it's because they don't think it's going to happen to them. It won't happen to me. It won't happen to me. Like, I mean, what about some of you guys who are been paramotor pilots for a long time? If there's anybody here, is nope. Were you trained not to do it? Then? Yes, I was trained yes. not to do it. You're trained not to do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think Kyle, so Oglee, Kyle Oglee will tear okay. your ass up if you try the ground start. He will get on you and on you and on you and on you. The guy, Brent Ferris, is that his name? That just cut his hand up and had all the surgeries. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was a Kyle O student. He was yep. a Kyle O student. So, I mean, that's on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was an aviator last week and somebody uh, from a different school was there visiting just like I was back visiting and they went to ground start and uh, the instructor walked up to him and said, don't do that. If we see you do that, you got to leave here. Can't come yeah. back. And it's, it's, hey, it can be so dangerous. I just want to point out that Bill H said that he ground starts his trike all the time. <laughs> it's a little bit different. <laughs> okay, different. we should clarify. Foot launch versus trike, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's different. <laughs> you know, I am hey, really not gonna lie, I, I was guilty. Picture. The guy we had on the podcast, I can really see that happening too. The torque and letting off the throttle if you ground start, if that motor pivots, that's something I I never thought about with ground starting. I was like, ah, it's not that big of a deal, but it's that torque that you let off the gas or you slip and fall and you put your hand down and that throttle is full throttle now. Like, there's just that torque is so scary on your back, let alone on the ground with you not attached to it. You know, I'll tell you something else that Kylo will will mm. teach, and that's to never start your engine without your throttle in your hand. You know, I, there was a video going around the internet not too long ago where a guy started it on the rack on his back, and he went to walk away from the rack, and his throttle oh. wasn't in his hand, and it got stuck in the rack, and it went full blast and dragged and drove him into the ground. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't get tore up. He didn't lose limbs. No, he or, didn't get or, tore up. But still, I mean, it could have been bad. It could have went a lot worse. And you know why? Another good reason to have your throttle in your hand is when you crank your engine. That's where the kill switch is. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. Exactly. So I I watched the Mark the the one that you're talking about. I I completely agree that you should have your throttle in your hand. I've never pulled my my uh, started my motor without my throttle in my hand. But worst case scenario, having it on your back and getting pushed into the ground and having to sit there until either A, someone figures out how to stop the motor, or B, you run out of gas for two and a half hours <laughs> sitting there driving you to the ground. But you have not gone to the hospital with loss of limb stitches no, that's true. That's true. and everything else. Right. But I do completely agree with throttle needs to be in your hand because yes, that is where your kill switch is. Doug Martin just posted it in the chat saying, uh, read your 
wing manual. This is back to the big ears. Some manufacturers do not recommend big ears. It's very violent on some gliders. So definitely make sure yeah. you read. Again, our good yeah. reason for SIV, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. My, my big ears were non-eventful at my SIV. <laughs> non-eventful? Like, non-eventful. It was just like, okay, I'm still flying. And it was not a big deal. Did you drop altitude quicker? Yeah. Yes. And 18 likes. Yes, I did. <clears throat> I did lose altitude quickly. Not as quickly as I did with the horseshoe. Um, but it was... Uh, both to me were not eventful. Sean had a different experience, but what was it for yeah. you at SIV, Chef? What's that? What was eventful? Um, speed bar full frontal. I got in a whole. I got in a whole. I, I got in a whole mess. <laughs> um, I, you got an adrenaline rush, did you? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I got yelled at from my instructor who yelled three <laughs> times to throw the reserve and I was still trying to fight getting the wing open, but it did open and I didn't have to throw the reserve, but um, speed bar doing anything is kind of sketchy. I mean, I, I, it's actually kept me from putting my trims out as much flying now because I'm just like, man, this when when this stuff goes, if it goes bad, it goes bad in a hurry and it goes really quick. When it was trims in and you're pulling full frontal, it's nothing. But I don't know what it is with that speed bar. It was just, it was amplified I've, for sure. I've, I've heard a lot of things saying, don't use your brakes. Don't, you know, when you're using speed bar, yeah. uh, you're <clears throat> just going straight. And that's just for speed. All right. Next clip. Tell me what you think about this clip. He's doing a forward. And I see a lot of oscillation right there. And faceplant. What is something that we can do when it comes to this um, oscillation here? Uh, this one is on takeoff. And I think this one, the next clip, is on landing. Oh, no, this one is into the tree. All right, with those two clips, let's talk about those really quick. What do y'all think? I'd say on the first one, uh, I would have checked my wingtips and I would have boarded personally. Uh, there may be a fix for it, but if I'd have saw that when I was taking off, I would have boarded. He looked like he was quick. taking off crosswind. That's what, I mean, it looked like one wingtip, another wingtip, but just looked like a crosswind takeoff. He needed to reset up. At least get control of the wing before you start trying to launch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm rocking back and forth like that, I'm going to chill out for a second. You know, at least yeah. get control of it. I'm not going full power on that. Heck no. It's like with grass mowing speed, didn't he? <laughs> I don't know about the second one. I mean, that's sort of what I did. It's just overshot. He overshot. But actually, it looked like he saved it because he didn't hit the tree. Yeah. <laughs> he could have used a little have. oscillation on that landing. He would have dropped altitude a little quicker. <laughs> yes. John, are you there? 
Oh, we lost them. Lost hey, I had another question for our guest before we end up our first hour or whatever and go to the after show. So what gear are you flying? Uh, I'm on a uh, Parajet Maverick uh, MY20, and I'm on a 24-meter Roaster 3. And uh, I was thinking about this earlier, Brian, when you were talking about being on that mojo for that long. You know, I, I've i been looking at this sport for a long time. I've married, got kids, so this was kind of a low priority for me. So it took me a while, but I thought I'd watched and read enough to where I was pretty confident on what gear I wanted. And I didn't want any delays. And, uh, of course, with all this COVID going on, there ended up being some delays on some equipment. But uh, so, yeah, I had my stuff before I went to training. And I think I did my first um, – I bet 15 flights on a 28 meter mojo. Um, and then I jumped on my gear and I went to a 24 meter roaster three, maybe on, I'm guess on the 16th flight. And uh, it was a big difference there coming in a little hotter on that, uh, on that roaster. This is while you're still in training though, right? This is you while went I was from still one week in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I uh, left there. Uh, maybe. I can't remember what, how many I had, but uh, 20, 25 flights maybe when I left, 30 maybe, uh, 25, 30. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so that, that Parajet Maverick with the Moster 185 on it and uh, that 24-meter Roaster 3. Happy yeah, I, most of the people in my class, you know, and, and other classes I've seen don't start out with a Mojo. They end up going with a Spider or something like that. Um, I just wanted to play a super safe, you know, fly the safest wing out there. And I made myself fly that wing for a year. And uh, before I ever tried a, a more advanced wing, but you know, now that I've flown the spider, I, I think maybe I should have started with it a little sooner. But it is what it is. Yeah, no, no worries there. Hey, how do you did, have you flown a roaster and a spider? No, no, I have not. I'm wondering about that lightweight fabric and how it is uh, bringing that up. I, a lot of times I fly here, I'm in Neil Wind. And uh, I'm happy with the roaster, and I'm not going to get a spider, but uh, now, now the spider is gear. basically the same wing but lighter, right? Exactly, it is. It's the six, yeah. dynamics are the same. It's just a lightweight material. So, I can tell you, I can hold a mojo in one hand and a spider in the other, and I was shocked by how much difference the weight is. Um, mm -hmm. That spider is so much lighter of a wing for people to just to lug around in and out of the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, it definitely pops up a lot easier. So, you know, I'm I'm happy with it. I've got mine ordered, and uh, this is what it's going to look like. Bam. Nice. Love that blue. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's nice. a shout-out to my granddad, my late grandfather. His uh, All his planes were blue and yellow. Oh, that's cool. I'm a big cool. fan of blue, so uh, I got Very the yellow cool. stripe in there. It's going. I named my wing already. It's going to be Bluebird. I get it middle of January. All right. Has anyone on the panel flown an F1? <laughs> nope. <clears throat> I have. I've never heard of it. APCO F1. Are we talking fighter jets or paramotor wings? APCO F1. Paramotor wings. That's like a cross country, right? It is an XC wing. It's pretty fast. I'm I'm really liking it. I let a guy fly it this weekend that was a lot more advanced than I was, and he was really cutting it up barrel rolls nice. and spirals and but i really really like the wing so he ran his uh i don't know what program he was running to test his or, or clock his speed but he got 50 miles an hour and zero win wow co f1 
Why does this wing sound dangerous? What's what's the catch? No catch. Hey, real quick. No catch. It's, quick. Very, it's very safe. I mean, it really is. Free shot. Real oh. quick, if everybody's since we got Sean back. Hold on. Um, and then Linda up. walks away. Linda. Linda. Linda I am completely banning Netflix on Monday nights. We got Linda that's not here. We got Shane who's like 13 ghosting it over here. Yeah. Being super. <laughs> there he is. There he there's, is. A, there's a comments in the chat about catching a fish with a wing. I don't know who did that, but you know, that, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah. You can do that with the uh, spider. It yeah, as doubles as a, a great wing and a fishing net. So speaking of go wrong. Speaking of Ben from uh, Paramotor MC, he's in the chat. I don't nice. know. I just came back. I just Linda, came sit back. down. Linda, sit down. Keep your dogs quiet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can't hear you. You're muted. How do you know? I know. It's. A, I'm telling you, my dogs are like my children. Like what? We're waiting for you so we can take the screenshot, Linda. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me ready? know when. Okay. Yes. Ready? All right. One, two, three. Perfect. Well, that's because you have my face in it. Yeah. Uh, hear the, the better sound. It's because I have headphones on. It's my fault. I started all the screenshot stuff, seeing the paparazzi, and the JP's like, oh, those screenshots are horrible. Okay, let me do it. Okay. Well, JP yeah. he does the videos, he does the photography. He's our guy. Man, he's it, Michael. I also subscribe to your channel. Today. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Welcome. Uh, That's why I'm on Facebook all day, and I, I see videos, and I got it. I got to, you know, subscribe to these guys. Because <laughs> you guys work so hard, all of you. You all work so hard on your channels and everything, and yeah. Absolutely. I enjoy editing videos about as much as I enjoy flying. I yeah. had another channel at one point. Uh, I've had a video camera and a, 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 a DSLR in my hand for, I don't know, I can't remember how long, 20 plus years, I guess. So uh, it just kind of naturally goes together in my in my opinion. Sure. Oh, I, I, yeah. I love watching all you guys. <laughs> I watch all your stuff. It's good. And I'm learning. I'm listening to everything. I'm learning everything you guys, you know, are talking about and everything. Like no ground starting and all that. So how do you know when you're like, when is it? So I see you guys, you run and then you start it. But how do you know when the time it is to start the motor then? Do you have to be like up in the air or kind of up in the air? You know what I'm saying? Like you're running and there's, then. There's two times that we want to, you know, start the motor one once it's on our back we can start it as long as it's on our back um, oh. or or if we want to pre-warm it you know we have it on the rack on the back of our vehicle then we start it up there we don't want to ground start it when it's not on our back oh, it's I, on our yeah when it's on our back if we fall forward we're not going to get you know limbs cut up hopefully not uh, if we fall backwards we're just going to turtle maybe break the prop but we're not going to hurt ourselves oh i get it now okay i want to add to the ground starting conversation yes um I have seen many a people put the motor on their back, start it, and then take the motor off the back, let them sit it on the ground, and just let it idle. Technically, that's not the same thing as ground starting. 
even though the engine is on the ground idling. I've seen a lot of people do it. Um, what's your thoughts? Mm, interesting. Okay. Good question. I think it's I would the same ground starting. I mean, accident can still happen. I think that might be even more dangerous. Now you're going and grabbing. I mean, I, I put a gun down. I don't put the safety off. I make it, sure it's the, on the, just in case when let, you're let me be clear. Up, you hit it. <laughs> the argument is always on initial cranking. If you have a little too much gas in the carb or in the cylinder, that you'll get that initial surge of RPM that engages the clutch and you're not ready for it. Once you crank the engine, you've gone past that anomaly happening and they feel like it's safe. Unless reach there's around, bubbles in the line. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the reasoning I hear. running people. on the ground without a person. Yeah. I think that the motor should always be either strapped stationary on your back to a tree on the rack. It should be, it should be secure if it's started and your throttle should be in your hand. Yeah, I think I think I think that the motor's on the throttle should be in your hand. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, uh, most of the time I'm strapped into the glider before I even start my motor. Me too. Yeah, I totally agree. I've just seen lots of friends do it and they argue that uh hey, you know, I'm not technically starting it on the ground. I'm starting on my back and I just take it off and let it idle. Um I think if you know if you if there's any statistics to this, I think statistically, you looked at the numbers, it would probably be safer. You wouldn't have the accidents, but I think if it's not secure either on your back or on a rack, you, you run into risk of a problem. You you probably got less of it, but it's gotta still be there. I mean, if I just set it down to let it idle and I walk away and what if somebody walked up and stepped on the throttle? I mean, exactly. there's still just a lot of issues with it not being secure. What if while you're picking it up and trying to get it on your shoulder, I mean, you can't have it on your hand at that time. Your other hand's not used to grabbing it backwards, and you're lifting a 40, 50-pound machine up onto your back. You know, and yep. mm -hmm. it's just know awkward. It's really awkward. I could see letting it sit in there and idle, maybe come over, hit the kill switch, then put it on your back. Is that I what might they're doing, be Brian? okay with that. Yeah, generally I haven't seen anybody put it back on their back while it's running. They just okay. crank it on their back, set it down on a ground on a level spot where it doesn't fall over easily, and uh, just let it idle. Because I've been sitting there because you know they tell you to let the engine idle for you know three minutes or so to let it warm up slowly. Um, you know it sucks having all that weight on your back, especially when you get a bum foot and you got to stand around and wait on the engine to warm up. Right. You know, I see I see the temptation. Are you the friends that are doing it that you're seeing? I have personally never done it. I have seen friends that also had proper training yeah. um, that do it. You know, some of the biggest names you could think of in paramotoring that had training in Florida, some of the biggest schools have done it in some of their videos. Um, so, well, so we know, we know better. We just still do it. And that's what is your, what is your thoughts on it, Brian? I mean, personally, I think if the motor's running, you need to have it on your back. Thank you. Personally for that's safety. Right. Cause just like Tommy said a while ago, if you already started it on your back and then you're taking it off of your back, what are the chances of you hitting that throttle and going full throttle? I mean, exactly. it could happen. I mean, you are taking the risk down. If you walked over to that motor, picked up the kill switch with two fingers, you know, hit the hit the kill switch and then put it on your back. 
that's taking a little bit of the risk out, but you're still taking it off your back with the throttle in your hand. I mean, it's just, it creeps me out. It's a loaded gun and you're pointing it straight at you with the safety off is what you're doing. Hey, not to, uh, not to get off not to get off subject subject, but did you guys hear about the uh, that actress that got stabbed today? Uh, Reese, um, what Reese um, Witherspoon? No, with a knife. I knew he was gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! He's Asking for Shane's joke of the day earlier in the chat. Thanks. For it was Nick. Paper. It was Nick Griffin. Yeah, appreciate you going ahead and filling that 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 void there. Uh, sorry, back, you're welcome. Back. Are you talking to me or or, or Shane? Wow. The googling joke? corny jokes of the day or what? Dad, dad jokes. Oh my god, I was locked and loaded on that one. I was ready. Yeah. You had just a little bit of a of a a smirk right before you said the yeah I was excited about it, was it. coming. <laughs> I thought the delivery was pretty good. <sighs> My oh, bad. God. Back to ground starting a bad thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'd rather hear some more jokes, man. Let's let's hear one. <laughs> He's on the spot now, but he can't come up with nope. a good one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Dave Wolf said Shane got me hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> yeah. oh Same here. Uh, yeah, got, got me. Got me. Hey, oh, the first we, uh, spoon. Go ahead. Go ahead. To the after show, I got some stuff I got to catch up on tonight. Um, oh, if you need to leave, it, it's no problem. I mean, we, we definitely thank right you on. for being here. Um, our, also, our guest, uh, it's been past an hour. Um, do you need to leave also, or Good. I, I got a few more minutes I can hang around? Uh, I, okay. I got a question too. Um, I don't. I'm not trying to get off topic. If you guys kind of got a theme oh, going okay. here, but with new guys, with new new pilots, uh, including myself here, but anybody else that's watching, what's everybody's opinion on time frames for um, SI, your first SIV course <laughs> with your flight? I had my first SIV um, six months after my solo. How many hours did you have though? At six flights? months, though. I actually did not have as many as you would think I would have. Um, I was still relatively new, maybe 50, 60 some hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, I think that's right on the part. I asked that question exactly a year later at Aviator um, last week when I was there because they told us that, you know, initially that you need to wait a while before you have an SIV. And I got some clarification on that from the instructors and they're, feedback was 30 to 50 hours depending on your experience level some people go out there and they just kill it and some people take forever to get to that think, level yeah i think the longer you wait the more you have to gain i don't think it's a bad idea to do it early um but once you get more comfortable under the wing you know naturally i think that's when you're you can be a little bit more uh you can put more out there in the SIV. maybe not go into panic mode you need yeah. to have you Look need to like have your spot landings down world. pretty well you need to be able to do reverses very well and you need to be able to you know kite your wing for i don't know how long uh shane uh, at least a minute right shane you shake it yes. yes um 
my phone or my, I'm sorry, I was on mute. Yeah. So when we were, remember when we went to the SIV course? Maybe live. Yes. Uh, how long hiding that wing, waiting for the boat to, to tow up? Yes. You were I hiding for a good minute, right? Yes. I I think I had a maximum of like 130 or 125 so, or something. It was crazy. Like my internet before I left. So if you hear me. No, we kited for a while waiting for the boat to tension up and, and take off. It was it was crazy. David Wolf, uh, Paramotor Crazy in the chat says, uh, take one ASAP. Um, how soon is it possible that you can take a collapse? That is how soon you should take an SIV. Um, I've heard a lot of people make that argument. Take one just as quickly as you're comfortable taking one. Um, the sooner you take it, the more the quicker you're going to build confidence in your ability of your wing to fly under different conditions. I see that, but I also know if you're too scared to go up to 4,000 feet, there's no way in heck you're going to go up there and start pulling lines. Yes, you will. So, yeah. Yes, you will. <laughs> and you you don't look like you're at 4,000 feet. The, the lake... <clears throat> so the highest I've been in a paramotor was 3,800 feet. Um, I got pulled up to 4,500 feet on the boat, and it didn't even seem like I was even at 2,500 feet because the lake is so big, you cannot judge how high you are, if that makes any sense. You don't um, it was, Amy, you have to hit mute. I think um, it, was, it was really weird. And like I said, I've told everybody this right from the get-go. As soon as I disconnected from the boat, my very first pull, Andrew got onto the onto the radio. It's like, okay, reach up and grab all three A lines and pull it down. I was like, whoa, we're not even gonna work into this. We're just gonna yeah, straight like ease into it. We're just gonna straight just collapse this and cause me all kind of heartache. <laughs> and uh, it really was not. God, I cannot express to you how it was non. It, it was very exciting but it wasn't like I, I haven't posted the video yet because i'm going back and and doing another siv so i'm going to put them together but my face is like just beat red because i'm holding my breath and i'm pulling a lines and nothing really happens and i'm like holding my breath just waiting for the bottom to fall out and nothing really happens so i'm just like you know why am I doing it? So my next, um, my next course is going to be much better. I guess you'd say facials, if you will, because I don't plan to have very many because I don't expect the bottom to fall out as, as much as I had anticipated. We get into our own heads about how the worst case scenario is. And it was not like that for me at all. I know, you know, some things happen and, and things change and it does get bad. But for my my experience, I did not have any real true issues. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, but did you not have an instructor tell you to throw the laundry? Yeah, but but I got it. But that, well, then that's I got all... this. Just kept yanking on the brakes. I hear you. <laughs> None. that that was i oh man I, it's so hard to explain i just happened to look up when i pulled brake the one time it moved and i just figured i'd pull two more times and if it didn't happen then i was going to throw the reserve and on the third one it came out 
But James, I will tell you the reason why I think that people should do this. I'd be, I kind of agreed. I've been kind of waiting. I kind of feel like it's Disneyland. You don't take the kids when they're three, they won't remember anything. But after seeing you go through it, you were scared about getting pulled up to 4,000 feet. Now you're talking about how you had it while your instructor was telling you to throw the laundry. You obviously have a lot more confidence in your wing now. And that's the whole goal. Oh, yeah. So true fact, and Brian can, can contest to this, um, I took two wingtip collapses at this last fly-in. And I literally looked up the wing. I was already actively flying my wing. So I was already looking up at the wing and it was shooting back and forth. I got in some real bad rotor from the trees. And uh, I took two tip collapses. I mean, one folded, came back out. I was like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. The other one came, wasn't that big of a deal. I decided huh, I should land while I'm still, you know, <laughs> I'm still flying. And I, I landed and then turned around probably less than 10 minutes later and watched the pilot smack the ground in that same area. So, yeah, so... Go, go ahead, ahead Shane. No, go ahead. I, I, I want to. I want to give a shout out to JB, and mm -hmm. uh, he's the pilot I saw go down personally. I met him at, at a, a month ago at Fly. If you got to fly in North yeah. Carolina, and I saw him again in uh, Swanee Parafest, and he did go down, and he had a compound fracture in L1, broke his back, and uh, he went down pretty hard, and little damage to his gear, not much, but. Anyway, he uh, he was he went to the hospital. They got X-rays, gave him a back brace, and they, he was back out at the fly-in later that day. And me and Shane got to sit down and talk to him. Um, I know he's in pain. I know he's hurting, and he wants to be back in the air. So, you know, we're just uh, we're thinking about your brother. Yeah, and, and hats off, hats off to Para Para or Paramac. What is it, Paramac that he was flying, Brian? He's got a broken prop. And uh, one's one quarter of the cage um, a netting was messed up. The rest of the whole entire motor and cage is in perfect shape. I was just like, whoa, like impressive. Because Brian and I both, I've seen him, I I seen him hit probably ten feet from the ground, and then hit the ground. And then Brian was like, look. And just as I looked, like I only got the last ten minutes or ten seconds of before he hit, and I mean, there was gas all over his wing. Um, JP, too low, and I put his wing up. We went and found his wing and, and, and helped him get that all together. And his wing was covered in gasoline. Like, that's all we smelled. JP uh, tried to kite it and, and air it out as much as possible. But uh, it was a bad incident. But I think... Honestly, because of my SIV course, I think I, I handled the, the collapses the way that I did um, more than I would. First of all, I wouldn't even have been flying before the SIV course in that kind of condition. But now now I'm willing to fly a little bit more, I guess what you say, risky, but I'm not, I know what the wing can do and can't do. And I'm more comfortable flying. If my wing is, if, if I'm actively flying the wing, it's not because I'm not scared of the wing. I'm just knowing that you gotta, you gotta do something other than just watch it. Um, just dance around. And with the SIV course, it teaches you that your wing just wants to do nothing but fly. 
you are the reason <laughs> you are 99% of the reason why it doesn't want to fly. So <laughs> hands up, let the thing fly for the most part. I mean, that's, 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 that, that's the gist of it. Let it fly. Good advice. <clears throat> Michael, Hi, Brian. So we're going to SIV. <laughs> Actually, I met Andrew Fuller at this last fly-in, and uh, I've got my spider ordered. And as soon as it gets here, I'm going to try to get in at SIV down there. Oh. I'm going up to higher altitudes. I've been up to about 3,000 feet now. Got pretty comfortable with it. Uh, I'm afraid of heights. So for some reason, anything over 500 feet, it just gets a little scarier for me, even though it's safer. It's kind of ass backwards, I know. But... Uh, it is what it is. I think a lot of other pilots uh, share the same problem I have. I, mind, I do. In my mind, I was thinking next summer, uh, be around a year. I don't know how many flights I might have by the end, but some things may change, but that's kind of the ballpark I had it right now. Well, Michael, I would tell you to do it sooner. Okay. Um, I wish I wish I'd have done it. I did it within my first year, um, but I honestly, truly think if I would have done it within the first six months, I would have not struggled as much with confidence. And I don't, don't get me wrong. There's, there's cockiness and then there's confidence and I'm confident, but not, not cocky enough to go, well, I can fly in this. No, I'm still, I still am cautious and I will check the winds. And if I don't think it's right, then I'm, I'm done. But I have missed out on flying certain days because the winds were just a little bit out of my comfort zone, which mm. now, which now my comfort zone is a little bit open more. So now I have more of a flying um, comfort level and I'm, I'm open to flying in a little bit more like JP, we flew in some crap this flying, you know, Brian, we all flew in this, uh, you know, a little rougher airs on this last fly-in. I would have never even have pulled my wing out in any of that that weekend. Um, and I flew comfortably. I mean, I actually had someone say to me, hey, I seen you circle around. I thought you were landing. Then you turned around and went back the other way and, and circled back around. I was just like, well, it wasn't that bad at that moment. I circled back around and realized it was bad. I should land. But I mean, I can see that. I can see yeah, that. it was. Yeah, it's it's it gives you so much more of a ease. I don't know. I'm I'm more eased at it, uh, relaxed, if you will. Um, I can't wait to go back and do full stalls and everything else. I just it just it does. There's not a part of me wants to do it because I I I don't want to be scared. It's part of me. I'm going to be scared, but I know that it's going to teach me to be a better pilot. And that's what I'm excited about. Exactly. Just listen to yourself, man. Michael, just listen to your inside gut feeling. When yep. you go to a, a fly-in, if people are, if there's a storm coming around over there and you don't feel comfortable going up yet, but everybody else is like, it's perfect. Just listen to yourself, man. Just the best pilots make the best decisions. I flew for almost a year and just literally in the last two or three weeks, um, at this fly in, flying in more turbulent conditions. I've seen other people go up, they're flying my same wing. I was like, okay, they're not pair apart. I'll go up and try it. 
And I've, my confidence level has just gone from here to here in the last two weeks. You know, part of that's flying the spider as well. Exactly. Um, listen to your listen to your inside gut. Don't fall for pure yep. pressure. You know, go with your gut, man. You oh, nobody knows whether you're ready for this conditions more than you do. I think that's some good advice. That's kind of why I didn't fly at uh fly it if you got it. Um, they just they just didn't feel right. I'm like you know what, I'm gonna sit back and just watch. Had a good time well, doing that, but uh, sun, sun, decision. Sunday morning, Brian, we were all supposed to take off and go fly. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really comfortable with these winds. And I mean, I didn't fly. I don't Brian, did you fly Sunday morning? Um, No, I didn't. And Sunday afternoons when those storms were rolling in and a lot of other yeah. people were flying and, and Chris Wheeler was there and I really wanted to fly with him for the first so time. That. And, yep. you know, I was like, man, I want to get up in the air, but I just wasn't feeling it. I didn't get to fly. And you know what? The next morning it was beautiful and we got to fly together. So, you know, it, well, it, it all worked out. My, my right. philosophy on that is there's always going to be another day that you can fly, man. If you're not comfortable, Absolutely. enjoy the fellowship, you know, uh, talk to everybody, learn stuff, you know what I mean? You know, take advantage of the, of the people that are there, but you know, I've been flying for a little over two years yet. I have not done a solo by myself yet because I believe in the buddy system. Uh, even though I may have my phone and GPS and all these good things, if I fall and I break my phone and I've broke my back and I can't move and I'm by myself, what am I going to do? So for the two years that I've been flying, I always fly with at least another person or with a group of people. All right. Um, we've got a couple of people that need to go. Tommy needs to leave. So um, have a great day, Tommy. We appreciate you jumping on here. Actually, I think that he's out. Um, let's see, Michael, you said that you need to leave or you, can you still hang out with us? Yeah, I'm probably gonna head off of here. Uh, I got a few things to do tonight. Uh, thanks to you guys for having me. Definitely, Michael. Well, thank you, thank Michael. you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for uh, joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, we're gonna continue to look at some more um, some more videos. So uh, thank you, Michael. And you're welcome to jump on any Monday that we're on here. Thanks, sir. Excellent. I've enjoyed it. Always welcome, Michael. Thank thanks, you. guys. Thank Bye. you, Michael. We appreciate you. Yes, sir. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, continue with our fun little our fun little uh, videos here. This okay. is the paramotor crash compilation. The link is down below in the in the description. So go and take a look and see what we got going on. This guy is coming in. He flares and he falls back and he turtles. What do you think he did wrong on this particular one? Couldn't tell if he slipped or not. It's very jump. I'm, I'm waiting for yeah. it to come on, on the, the big screen because I can't uh, I can't really tell on there. Yeah, he, can you hit the full screen on that one? If mine is if mine's jumpy. If mine is jumpy, maybe JP can uh, can put it on there, or Brian can, or somebody can uh, with a better internet connection can do it. Not able to see it because of my internet connection. First of all, I don't see him out of his seat. Like he's he's, you should be out of your seat. Your your shoulders should be trying to hit the uh, risers. 
I don't I don't see that in that video. Yeah, it kind of looks like he's sitting in his seat all the way through, just kind of doing like a a foot drag and then falls yeah. backwards. Is that what you guys see? That's what I see, and I, I that's not how I land. I land with out of my seat, my 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 chest out in front of me with my shoulders hitting the risers and then flaring, you know, and, and that way you're at the most forward position that you can be in. He's he's literally laid back landing. I mean, in theory, you land the same way you take off, right? Yeah. But if you if you go back when he comes in, he's still in his seat. Yeah, he's still sitting down. Right, like he's not out of his seat. Mm -mm. Sean, I've probably watched uh, uh, every one of these videos ever, watching takeoff and landings and seeing you know pulled way too much brake or, and all this stuff sticks in my head when I go to takeoff. Every time I hear my teacher still. You know, hands up, arms back, you know, when you take off, you look up at your wing, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I try to take off the exactly the same way and land the exactly the same way every single time. But these, these guys, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and like I said, we're not showing crash videos. We're showing right. things that, you know, techniques. Tech, yeah, newbies would possibly get into, like the oscillation, like like this. Oh. I see that so, all the time. I actually had this happen to me um, on hmm. landing at the last, at Live Oak. I came in, hit some rotor, got some, got some oscillation, and was probably less than 20 feet off the ground and had to look up at my wing just to check the surge real quick or not the surge, but the oscillation. And when I look back, I was five or six feet off the ground. So I was like, Whoa, that happened quickly. That fly in down in Quintana, every, almost every landing was like that. It was almost a one foot landing every time. It was terrible. Mm. so there seems to be a lot of talk i mean i know a lot of things that newbies talk about is you know taking off and landing uh wing collapses those are the scary parts you know um what am i doing wrong how, how about the oscillation how do i correct that do you correct it or do you just try to come in um or or do you stay on power and you just go up and go around again i mean what are the things that that you would do if you were in a situation like like this as far as you're coming in everything's oscillating um would you i assume that he cut power but i don't know if you cut power and you're oscillating like that what would you guys do to correct it or how would you land in that particular situation i'm not i'm not cutting power until my oscillation is taken care of um unless it happens at the last 15 20 feet then my motor's off because usually about why 15 20 feet I, I kill the motor and mm. uh and usually the motor's only at idle from the last 100 feet it's at idle until the 15 20 feet and then i kill it um if i'm oscillating at 15 20 feet i'm not killing that motor because i'm i'm probably going to circle back around and come back and try it again 
How about you, Brian? Oh, I'm coming. Oh, I didn't know that you were. That's <laughs> the mic on. It's all good. Um, we know. In, in that particular video, I'm not sure, man. I have to go back and see it again. But um, I was going to add that I'm actually going to start doing something a little different. Like we have uh, communications radio when we fly. My dad can, you know, reach out to me whenever I'm flying. We got a base station. And uh, from now on, when I'm flying, he's going to randomly come on the radio and say, Brian, kill, kill, kill. And I'm going to always have to go to idle when he says it and find an LZ. So it's going to make me better at always knowing where your LZ is going to be and practicing spot landings. When he says it, I'm not going to kill the engine. I'm just going to go to idle and find, you know, make it to an LZ and then climb out. You know, but uh, so that's something I'm going to do to be a better pilot. Did I freeze up? Nope. <laughs> Everybody's being quiet. Yeah. So does that mean that does that mean if we have your phone number and we know you're flying that we can give you, you a call and say kill 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 and you're gonna <laughs> just a text <laughs> message kill 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 kill. <laughs> I actually if you come to Waldan Field and get on a base radio, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually missed the opportunity this weekend. Not, I don't know if it was so much for being scared to go this high or it was 23 degrees at 10,000 feet, but we had two guys at Wachula took off, um, I think, Friday. Friday morning, they took off and flew up to 10,000 feet. Never once hit a bump or anything else. And I was like, man, I really wanted to do that. All I had was pants on and a t-shirt. Brother ain't flying up to 23 mm-hmm. or 23 degree weather. <laughs> nope. I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Oh man, that would have been a great video, Shaney. Oh yeah, what? An ice cube floating back to earth? Yes. <laughs> you know, that can get dangerous because you get to the point where you can't feel your fingers or your hands. We've had a yeah. we had a new guy go up when it was kind of bad weather at a fly-in up. Uh, it's probably been about a month ago or two and I might not that far, but it was cold. Let me tell you that. And he went up and he kept circling around, kept circling around, kept circling around. He finally landed. He goes, we're like, man, well, you could have landed like two or three times. He goes, I couldn't, he goes, I couldn't feel my brakes. I couldn't feel my fingers. I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel the pressure. He goes, I couldn't, he goes, I thought for a minute, this is the day I'm going to die. He goes, this is the day I'm going to die. I can't feel anything. But he 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 finally got on the ground. So, that wow. you know, that comes to another point. You better you need to know your weather. You need to know what's going on in the conditions up in the sky that you're you're flying. If you're planning on going that high and you know it's going to get cold, you know, I, I think the rule, what is the rule of thumb per thousand feet, how much it drops? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, <clears> but get- Ventu Sky – into sky app it'll show you the different levels and how uh what the temperature is that's yeah i used a ryan carlton and it literally went from zero on the ground miles per hour at i think it was 50 58 degrees or something and it never went above six miles an hour up to ten thousand feet and it got to 23 degrees mm-hmm. i was like it's perfect to run up there and do the do the 10k and come down but i would freeze to death <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and I can't do it. That's just, yeah. You got to think about that. You're not instantly getting up there. You got to travel up there. It takes a minute, mm-hmm. you know, and you're not instantly coming down either. No, <laughs> no matter how many big ears you do. Yeah. There's yeah, a couple of things that bring paramotor pilots down pretty quick. That's uh, turbulence and cold hands. And okay. uh, your hands get too cold. You can't feel the brake, work the throttle. That's dangerous. Your legs get too cold. That's your landing gear. That's right. That's right. You know, that's funny. I've been in the air before where it was kind of chilly on the ground and I'm flying and I go up a layer and it's like they it turned the heater on and it got nice and warm. I like that shot, man. Does it go in his prop? It definitely, definitely came up quick. Did, did you guys watch Bart Barry um, video on his heated gloves? Yes, I got yeah. heated gloves and I, I, I don't go up unless I got heated gloves. Yeah, he had the heated gloves. Yeah, it was pretty funny. We got a comment in the chat that uh, we were mentioning how much the temperature grows up every thousand feet. Uh, Calvin Pewitt says uh, two degrees per thousand feet is the rule. Thank you, Calvin. It, it drops or goes up? Drops. Or, yeah, it should drop. Yeah. And then we have Ben from uh, Paramotor M- uh, NC. He says he sees a lot of uh, pilots lift their feet like uh, as they're <clears throat> like they're doing a uh, landing on a long jump and uh it doesn't work for him upright landings uh to run it out so he pretty much lands like i do we we chest forward and put your shoulders as close to your risers as you can and out of your seat it's worked for me so far here's another pilot didn't check the brakes comes down gets caught into Mm. his prop Mm. Mm. Almost get wrapped on the ground. Salad. Oh, I didn't tell you guys I got two holes in my wing. How did uh, that happen? Don't still don't know. No clue. Grass I was told no, it, it's it's a uh, grasshoppers. I mean, they don't look like burn holes in the exhaust. <laughs> no. All right, see here. Hold Are you on. smoking cigars while you're flying again? No, I think anybody smokes anything you while they're not flying. Smoke cigars when you fly. I told you about those pyrotechnics and paramotors, man. Yeah, right. A lot of people don't. All right, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. We've been told that our podcast has been too long, so we're going to chop it up a little bit, make it a little bit less, and maybe even cut out the end. When the swear jar goes away, we're just going to cut stream. If that's something that you think that should be done, please let me know at ppggrandpa at gmail.com. Hope you have a great day, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next Monday.